This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And this is the chef of the uh, sous chef. I was going to say, the, uh, chef. who Wait are you anyway? Who the heck am I? Yeah, I'm the Franklin. sous chef of the garden, uh, Franklin Proctor. Nice to have you uh, back, Charlie. And hey, uh, what the heck is going on with the weather? Oh, my goodness. Huh? It's I just got a snow panic this phone morning. call from Shirley. She says, there's snow on the deck. I, like, know. I was responsible. No, well, I know. It's like, <laughs> who, who still has their snow tires on, I wonder? Oh. Hey, but you know what? This is absolutely perfect because it was just this time last year when we had a large snowstorm. And I was supposed to head up to Barrie after the radio show to attend an event that the Barrie Garden Club was putting on. But uh, it didn't happen because there was snow was coming down so heavy. I not I felt confident I could get to Barry. I wasn't confident I could get out of Barry. And I was <laughs> yeah. a little little hesitant to go. So here we are. Today I'm heading up to Barry again. <laughs> okay. But no heavy duty no. snow no. on the way, yeah, we hope. Yeah. Let me get our phone numbers sure. on here because I know there will be a, a batch of folks who want to, you know, say hi and good morning and uh, offer up questions or comments. That's okay too, right? Mm-hmm. All righty, in Toronto, here's the number to call. Four one six Three six zero zero seven forty. Then uh, anywhere in the province, it's toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Our little mantra goes this way: Call early, call often. One question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let our operator Sebastian know. He will inform me. And just before you get on the air, hey, there you go. You get your garden wings. And you never know when you might need garden wings. Well, heavens to Betsy, yes. All this flooding (laughs) might need to just fly a bit. Oh, man, yeah. But it's crazy because it's just funny how things come around. Like I said, I, mm. I'm racing off to to an event. It's actually um, the Berry Garden Club's spring seminar. So it's an annual event. Oh, right. And so what happened last year that I missed is happening this year again, which I'm not going to miss. And uh, my topic today is great gardens with less water. Oh, are you? Yeah, <laughs> as, hello. As we have, you know, flooding and states of emergency all over southern Ontario. That's at one thirty this afternoon at the Tangle Creek Golf Club, which is 44730 Side Road 25 in Thornton. Uh, so that's today. Now, uh, okay, uh, Monday, April 29th, so this Monday, the Horticultural Societies of Parkdale and Toronto want to invite absolutely everyone to a great meeting that they've planned between 7 and 9 p.m. at the Bonnar Parkdale Presbyterian Church, 250 Dunn Avenue, just south of Queen West in Toronto. The topic is Q, Saving the World's Plants with David Lehman. Doors open at 6.30. That's mm-hmm. going to be a very, very good session, I think. And now this is Get Your Calendar Out, uh, Saturday, May 11th. If you need or want plants, there are multi-plant sales going on on Saturday, May the 11th. They're all over the place here. So far, I've got notice of three. This one is uh, the Markham Garden and Hort Society, 9 a.m. to 12 at the Markham Village Community Center, 
out in the parking lot, mm-hmm. 6041 Highway 7 East at Highway 48. Uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake is also having their annual plant sale. And theirs is like an amazing one because mm. all, like typically it's the members. They dig up plants out of their gardens. Yep. Plus, if it's a uh, the older horse societies have that are more established and have some budget, they'll actually um, – Go out and buy plants to bring into the sale, and of course, who who's better placed other than the Niagara and the Lake oh, yeah. people to you know talk to their next door neighbor greenhouse grower to give them some good deals on cool plants? So that one, if you're in the area of Niagara on the Lake, Saturday, May 11th, it's at the Niagara on the Lake mm-hmm. Arena in Virgil, one five six seven Four Mile Creek, nine until noon. And one more, the Parkdale and Toronto uh, Hort Societies, they're hosting a park uh, plant sale. It's from 10 until 2 at the Roncesvalles United Church, which is 240 Roncesvalles Avenue in Toronto. This is an indoor event, which is a bit unusual. Most mm-hmm. plant sales are out in parking lots. So rain or shine, this one's happening. It's free admission. It's wheelchair accessible. Amazing garden finds and plants of all kinds. Um, best prices in town. <clears throat> Focuses on natives, organics, pollinators, herbs and veggies, and hard-to-find plants. Many of these, of course, being grown by the members. And uh, there's arts and crafts. There's uh, even praying mantis eggs for sale oh, really? for you to hatch at home, which is great. That's, that's yeah. so fun. Uh, free advice on plants. There's soil, eco-friendly gardening uh, talks, tree talks, all kinds of stuff. So you really can't go wrong. Saturday, May 11th. Lots, Alright. lots going Circle on. Circle that on the calendar. <laughs> yeah. Don't make and any other plans. We uh, will come circling right back mm-hmm. in just a moment uh, after we take a little commercial break here and uh, we'll be saying hi to Franny right here in Toronto in moments on Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, Charlie, let's go to the phone lines and say hi uh, right off the bat to Franny here in Toronto. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Yes. Um, I have uh, a rose climber that's over 10 feet, a lot of shoots, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a, a, like a tiny cluster of little roses. Oh, nice. Okay. So now, what do you want to do? You want to shrink it down? I want to shrink it down. <laughs> <laughs> Is it growing on an um, an arch or a arbor or, or anything? Yeah. No, it's just on the fence and, uh, and, and it's growing against the neighbors next door. 10 feet uh, tall uh, fence that they have on the, the deck. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's good. I mean, because climbing roses need a structure to grow on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, don't cl- they don't cling, right? They don't twine. They don't have little suckers. They need to be uh, either trained. To- no, it's a lot of shoots. Mm-hmm. And it's probably never been pruned ever at all. Uh, not for a, quite a while. <laughs> okay. It's a little hard to explain on the radio, but the best way to train a climbing rose, if possible, is to imagine, so imagine you're looking at the rose. So it's growing up out of the ground. And what you want to do is you want to train those shoots or canes is what they're really called. So it's so the long shoots. Mm-hmm. You, you want to train them so that as they are, um, going, you know, from, from the ground up, they tend to go vertically. <clears throat> the chains, canes will shoot straight up. You want to actually train them horizontally. So you uh, want to actually tilt yes. them down and tie them with some, you know, hemp or something that's, um, you know, breathable, uh, 
onto some kind of structure so that they actually grow what's called an espalier form so that all those canes are trained out. You don't keep them all. You would only keep, you know, canes that would leave at least about eight inches between each horizontal branch all the way up. You could go 10 feet if you have a ladder to do that. Mm-hmm. By doing that, by bending those canes down into that horizontal configuration, you will have flowers all along the entire cane along that entire stem. Mm. If you allow it to stay vertical, you will have green leaves and up at the very top, you'll have flowers. So to maximize your flowers, that bending and training into that different shape will make it much prettier, much more floriferous, as we call it, uh, if you can. If you can't and you're just saying, no, it's all just a tangled mess and it hurts me even just to touch it, put on your leather clothing and get on your big gauntlets and get in there with some sharp tools on a dry day, not today, but when it's sunny, and cut out a lot of those canes when they're t- when they're uh, crossing over each other, when they're damaged, when they're dead, take them all out, bring the whole thing down. And if you don't want it 10 feet tall, you can bring it down to three feet tall. This is the time to do it. You can, you can be pretty rough. You can prune hard your roses at this time of year. After you've done that hard pruning, making sure all your cuts are on a bit of a slant. So you're not, you know, leaving those cuts wide open to the rain. Uh, some food, rose food of whatever kind around the base of the plant and get ready to, you know, train it as it starts to grow because it'll really start to shoot once the weather. I'm just just trying to imagine, Charlie, you're bending those canes and then you've got, if I'm just thinking of Mm -hmm. using a nail to, you know, tie them to with twine and that would perfect world, you'd have wires. In a perfect world, like you have like literally um, wires horizontally okay. you're right like like stapled or whatever yeah. to the fence mm-hmm. or to the brick wall whatever you're going up on and then you uh attach the canes to the wires right yes. with some little pieces of twine right right okay yeah you know i know it's a, it's it's fascinating you, you mm. can really have a lot of fun and have beautiful beautiful roses if you've got the space to do that yeah otherwise it just becomes a case of bring it right down smaller how wide an area uh, franny is is the rose bush on is it a <laughs> It's uh, right against the neighbor's uh, deck, and right. they have a fence. Yeah. Okay, so so you've got several feet there? Oh, quite a few. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there, well. There's, your, there's your job, yeah. once the weather gets yeah. better. <laughs> and, and good luck with that, too. <laughs> and I've started this uh, by cutting a, a shoot and put it in the ground with a glass jar over on top. Mm-hmm. And that's how I start most of my roses. Okay, good. Well, sometimes that works. You're obviously in a nice microclimate in, in warm Toronto. Yeah. Sometimes that works, sometimes not so much. Well, keep in touch yeah, with Charlie let and, and let us know how, how you come along with that, okay? Yeah. Thank that's you, Franny. Yeah, good stuff. I love climbing roses, but they mm. are a bit of work, mm-hmm. just in that yep. training sense. Uh, as we say goodbye to Franny, we, that opens a line here in Toronto, 416 360 Zero seven forty. Anywhere else in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. I think maybe oh, we, you know, we are bang up right against a break here. So let's do that and then okay. come back to say hi to Mary from Markville. A little alliteration going on there here in the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. 
This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, as promised, let's get to Markdale, and there is Mary. Good morning, Mary. Um, the last July 23rd, my hibiscus produced three little black seeds. Mm-hmm. I put them uh, in the freezer till now. What should I do with them? Hmm. Okay, which kind of hibiscus have you got? Like, wait, is it an outdoor, what we call Rose of Sharon? Yeah, it was red. Mm-hmm. You can oh. put it in or out, right? All right, you keep it in in the winter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is actually a tropical hibiscus. Uh, good question. I'm not sure that those seeds, sh- they were in the refrigerator or the freezer? Um, <clears throat> the freezer part of the fridge, which keeps them frozen. Okay, uh, I'd have to look that up. Um, the hibiscus that we're talking about with the red flowers that form the seeds is a tropical plant, and I'm not sure if freezing the seeds was the right thing to do because it's not a plant that typically survives in a climate that oh. experiences frost. <laughs> so oh, so it, it, you're right with our, our outdoor plants, you know, oak trees, maple trees, they are outdoor and they expect frost and they need frost before the seeds will grow. Mm-hmm. So let me, um, so they've been in the, in the freezer since July 23rd? And this yes. is April. And what do they look like right now? Oh, just like little black uh, apple seeds. Same as when you put them in. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. All right, let me let me uh, follow up. I I will report back. Okay, okay fine. And yes. I just one more little thing. The mother plant um, kind of shriveled. She didn't do well and died. So uh, oh, would you the won't. seeds still be okay though? Well, let's. I'll find out. Um. Uh, so yes, I will find out in whether the seeds are any good, or you need to get, go out this spring and get yourself a new hibiscus and mm-hmm. start again. Okay, okay. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Love your program. Thank you. Thanks, Barry. Okay, keep listening. I'll report yeah. back. I heard kind of an inaudible whoops. <laughs> I put them in the. Oh dear. <laughs> well, it is funny. Yeah. You know, we th- there's a name for that. It's called stratification. Oh, when you use temperature to break the dormancy mm-hmm. of a seed, because seeds are dormant, right? Oh, they have that hard yeah. little coating, and so we have to do. Often we do different things yeah. to say wake up seed, because uh, seeds will just wait until conditions are right, and it's up to us to sometimes stratify, or there's other even. Dropping them into sulfuric acid for 10 minutes sometimes is what wakes them up. There's a, really? all kinds of oh crazy things we do to wake That's up seeds. That's a little drastic. It does, sounds extreme, but it does work. Well, for certain seeds. Like every, it wake me up. <laughs> it's, all, it's all species specific, <laughs> yeah. right? It's all very detailed. Uh, might mention that we've got a couple of lines open right now for those of you saying, gee, I'd call, but I probably have to wait. No, you don't have to. <laughs> don't have to wait. The lines are open right now. 416 360 0740 here in Toronto and anywhere in the province. It's toll free, 1 866 740 4740. And it's off to Dundas. We uh, go to say hi to Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Um, miniature, da- miniature daffodils, mm-hmm. which are, uh, which... anyway, I got them from, I got them from the store. I got them from the store in mm. about March. Right. And when they they were very pretty, there's about three bulbs in a little four-inch pot. Yep. And it was very tall with a tiny flower on top. Mm-hmm. And a lot, a lot, a lot of flowers, considering that there's only one. Yeah, they're like little bunches. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I cut the little tops off when they died, mm-hmm. the little blooms. Mm-hmm. And now I need to know, can I plant them outside? If so, when? Mm-hmm. And in the meanwhile, they're in the house. Can I or... 
shall I keep, shall I water them or leave them dry? What shall I do with them? Okay, no, good questions, because a lot of us do end up with a, mm. a pot of bulbs. So, yeah, absolutely, I save them whenever I can. Uh, keep them in the house. Taking off the dead flowers was the right thing to do. Put them in a sunny spot and do water them as they uh, when they're dry. The reason you're going to do that is because you want the green leaves to grow. Yeah. As the green leaves grow, you're going to give them sunshine, give them some water. Uh, be careful to not overwater, because as you point out, there's bulbs in the pot, and bulbs will rot if they sit in water. So it's mm. it's watering, but it's you know ensuring that the water drains through and the the bulbs aren't sitting in in a saucer of water, and uh, the leaves will grow, and you'll have green leaves. And it's because they've been in, you know, all this, the winter, basically, wait until we're frost free, and then you can go outside with that pot of bulbs. And they'll probably still have green leaves at that point, and just allow them to be outside. They'll get a little bit of water on them, some sunshine, all by themselves. Eventually, those green leaves are going to start to get paler and paler and start mm-hmm. to shrivel. And of course, at that point, you're not watering at all. The leaves will just shrivel up and disappear. It's about six weeks, six to eight weeks after yeah. they flowered that that'll happen. And now you've just got a pot of dormant bulbs. So it's up to you. You can plant them outside at any point you want from that point forward up until um, basically October. Best place, of course, is somewhere where it will be sunny next spring where they will come up in your garden and a spot that's well-drained because, again, you don't want them in a soggy location. So meanwhile, when while they're in the house... Mm-hmm. I just continue watering and treat them as a houseplant. Exactly. Treat them as a houseplant. And remember when you plant them outside in the garden, you're going to bury them quite a bit deeper in your garden than they were in those pots Mm. or in the pot. So, Because they're right on the surface in the pot. You're going to go down a couple inches. So if the soil is still cold, does it matter? No, but you'll find that you're not going to want to put them out yet. Like wait till they're dormant to plant them out. And by that time, the soil's warmed up because it's at least June or July by then. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you so much, Brenda. Yeah, no, it's a good one because yeah. daffs in general, daffodils are what we call are bulbs that naturalize. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so uh, Brenda's going to plant three little bulbs this spring, yeah. and next year she's going to get six flowers or six, you uh-huh. know, um, sort of stems coming up. The next year there'll be twelve, and the year after that there'll be eighteen. Wow. So wherever you plant daffodils, mm-hmm. uh, and they will just the clumps will get bigger. It yeah. takes a while, but they're very pretty, very pretty. We spent at least a couple of minutes talking about the terrible conditions as far as the flooding concerned up in the Bracebridge area, cottage mm-hmm. country. And uh, now, of course, in, in Ottawa, mm-hmm. which is kind of strange, but uh, we have a... I, yeah, I don't I feel like it, I've... Yeah, I hear of flooding in Ottawa yeah, often. Boy, oh boy, it sure but, is happening. Yeah. I'm just hoping Christine, who is on the line from Ottawa right now, isn't in a flooded area. Hi, Christine. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Frank. Hi. How are you doing up there? Very well, thank you. Quite good. dry. Oh, good. That's happy good. to report. Charlie, <laughs> yes. I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. I have two geranium, and how do I get them? I brought them inside mm-hmm. from the balcony. Mm-hmm. How do I get them to flower again? Should I feed them? So they're in pots right now in your house? Yes. And they're all green? Yes. Um, do you want to keep them in those pots and go back out onto the balcony, or did you want to? No, I, I, no, Charlie, I'm on the eighth floor, so they have to uh, all either be in the balcony outside, yeah. or I brought them in into my living room right now. Sure, yeah, and they've been in all some all winter, I assume. Yes, you're right. So, <clears throat> time to start feeding with a flowering plant fertilizer, yeah. and even all of us can be feeding our house plants now. As of March, usually, yes, well, it's a very good because the plant 
plants, we've all noticed that the plants know spring is in the air. Even yes. the indoor plants, yes. my geraniums have started to grow like crazy, lots of green, right. green yes. leaves. So I've actually took a bunch of cuttings. I took little, you know, six inch cuttings yes. off of my geraniums just to make more. Right. And, uh, I'm rooting those up and then I'll pot them into pots. And right. then you're right to get the flowers fertilized. But Ch- Charlie, how do I get mine to flower again? Just lots of light and, and fertilizer. Really? Yeah. And, and Charlie, I've got a bottle that says seven drops. Oh, yeah. In, Schultz. So should I use that? Uh, sure. That, uh, yep. Seven drops in a liter of water. That's it. Yep. <laughs> it works okay. fine. A L- lot Charlie. of people love it. I you're love welcome. your program. Thank you, Christine. Frank, I thoroughly enjoy all the time you're on air. Well, bless your heart. Thank you very much, Christine. <laughs> I appreciate it. She but, I feel like owe you money now. <laughs> no, no, but it's funny. Yeah. Christine said she's she's dry. She's on the eighth floor. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> she yeah. didn't tell us what's going on on the first but, floor. Yeah. No. Uh, I don't mean to joke, but still. Oh, hey, our our yeah. hearts go go out yeah, to the people who are affected. This is just an awful situation. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, hey, we've got uh, from Port Hope. Mm-hmm. Marie is on the line. Good morning, Marie. Good morning. Hi, Good Marie. morning, Charlie. Uh, I have a hydrangea, a very large bush hydrangea. Mm-hmm. I've had it for quite a few years now. I just pruned it back last week, mm-hmm. and I'm noticing some of the branches have black holes right through them, and there's some kind of a mm-hmm. gummy fungus in there. Yeah. I've tried to cut the bra- the the uh, branch back as far as I could till I got rid of that. But there's several branches that are that way. Does this mean it looks like it might be under a fungus or whatever? Well, yeah. So gummy is interesting. Um, so these are black, like literally like oozing stuff coming out of the, uh, where you made your cuts. Some of them are just uh, gummy looking, but one that I cut actually oozed right out. It dripped out. Hmm, Doesn't sound good. Uh, Okay. Tell me something. The hydrangea, is it got round flowers or conical flowers? Conical. Okay. All right. So, you know what? Oozing is never good, actually. Oozing is often, it could be a sign of a fungus, as you point out, or it could be the sign of a bacterial infection. So, uh, uh, let me leave that with me and I'm going to see what I can find out because that's, it's unusual. We don't usually think of hydro. This is the first year because I, as they say, I've had it for quite a few years and this is the first time that I pruned it back that I found this. I have already lost one, um, hydrangea a couple about a year or so back that I had for quite a while too Hmm. and uh, it could have been that problem but I never noticed it yeah I just don't think of them as being susceptible is there um did it flower and look good last fall uh, yeah, yeah, it it was um, probably not as many as there there usually is okay and the, the do you remember the leaves were they um yeah, the leaves seem to be, yeah, they all seem to be fine. Okay. And it has, I mean, it's quite a large, uh, hydrangea. It's quite, quite tall. So I did, I cut it back quite a bit, but, um, just to keep it a little bit smaller, but I've never noticed that in all the years I've been trimming it. I've never noticed yeah. those black. Uh, yeah, me neither. So it's, I'm just interested. So I'll do a quick search on this and hopefully I'll be able to report back before the show is over. Okay. Uh, I will listen. Yeah. Cause that's, it's like I say, it's unusual. I've just not something I've run into at all. And I grow a lot of hydrangeas at my place, <clears throat> but first, I mean, just practically in a common sense says, 
clean, clean your pruners between each cut with rubbing alcohol and water or just straight rubbing alcohol and remove, not on a wet day, but on a dry day, any evidence of any of this oozing, not good looking material into a garbage bag off the property. And I'll see what else I can figure out. Thanks, well, I Marie. I shouldn't have thrown that in with my uh, garden waste. Then. <laughs> oh, well, if your garden waste is going to the end of the driveway, you're fine. But just don't keep it on the property. Okay, so I should be doing my pruners, giving them a good yeah, clean off. Yeah, 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 good idea. Okay, thanks, Marie. I'll do what I can to figure that out. Okay. Um, we ha- uh, have a reason for Franklin to reach to a bell. Nice. Here we go. First-time caller, Diane in Hamilton. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I listen every week. I think you're amazing. amazing. (laughs) One quick question, Mm -hmm. because I know you have a lot of people on the line. I happen to help a friend in a garden. Mm -hmm. And in in the midst of helping with this garden, I ended up being in contact with black oak. Mm -hmm. Excruciating, itchy, went to the doctor. Yes, I ended up getting antibiotics and whatnot. It was severe. However, my doctor states that in certain humidities and whatnot, that if the black oak is in me, it can still come out from time to time. What is your views, and is that true? Huh? Wow. Boy, I'm getting some tricky questions today, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Black, but it was, and they referred to as black oak. It was exactly black oak. It wasn't poison ivy. It's Man. in, wow. it's in that ivy. It's bad, anyhow. It's called yeah. black oak. Huh? Uh, you know, like I say, I'm I'm gonna share an opinion when I've done a little research on that one. I'm not sure. Like it's, uh, you know, I've never heard of that before. No, exactly. Like I'm trying to think. You know, obviously, poison ivy is well yeah. known. There's a and few things. Oak. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. If that's what it is, but it was referred to as black oak. Okay. Huh. Isn't that something? Huh. All right. Poison black oak. oak. It was. It was that. Yeah. Yeah. You... Wait. Okay. So Diane. Uh, Keep listening. We're going to have some extended commercial breaks. <laughs> or Frank's going to start doing yeah. some sing-alongs with everybody. Well, I do some research before this, this show is over because we obviously have to get back to some, some, yeah, some good answers here. I thought, like, no, I'm not the only one out mm. there that has, I'm sure, that uh, he said to me yeah. in certain temperatures, like if I'm out in the heat and mm. I'm really sweating, he says, it's in you virally, yeah, yeah. Wow. and it can still come out yeah. from time to time. And did he have recommendations on how to avoid that, or just like avoid certain high humidity I, or hot or I sweating? I don't know. Like, um, that's why I'm kind of nervous. I know he exactly. Traveled right, and you mm-hmm. went to say Jamaica with mm-hmm. humidity and sure. yeah. like right. Yeah. So that's why I thought you're the expert, and you know who to ask or who to see, and I just to see if there's anyone else out there. Yeah, that's a good point. Dr. Dubbin. Yes, and anyone who is listening that might have some thoughts on this is Mm -hmm, absolutely encouraged to give a call as well. Uh, Okay, let's see what we can figure out there. All righty. We're uh, coming up to another break, which is a good thing for Charlie because she's got a lot of homework to do uh, right at the moment. Really fast. Let me get the phone numbers on the air again here for you. In Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. The Garden Show on the air from Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. 
Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, my friends, I, I got to tell you that Charlie has been hard at work for that computer uh, trying to find out what black oak is all about. And uh, so far, Dr. Dobbin, you have discovered nothing. Well, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the black oak hasn't really led me anywhere. Poison oak does. Mm-hmm. Keeping in mind that poison oak is a common name. It's not really an oak. Um, but it's similar to poison ivy. These are plants that have a release an oil when we break a leaf, basically. Right. Or we rub against them. That oil touches our skin or even our clothes. And then we can touch with our skin, yeah. our clothes, and end up with quite a rash. So the rashes, of course, are very uncomfortable and get worse as uh-huh. days go on. So a week later, you're in more trouble than you were, you know, at the beginning. And so um, Diane commented she went to the doctor. The doctor put her on antibiotics. So I'm thinking she scratched and scratched and ended up with some some infection yeah. from, from all that itchiness. But generally speaking, it's it's a calamine lotion. It's a try and mm-hmm. don't scratch. The, the rash will go yeah. down. Most people are allergic. It is a, an allergic reaction, right? We get hives. We, 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 our skin reacts. But I'm not seeing any evidence of anything to do with this, this uh, oil, this, you know, very allergic um, color causing, you know, allergy-causing oil, having any kind of absorption into the system, having mm-hmm. any long-term effects. So it could be that I'm barking up the wrong tree there, that there's something else, not poison oak, that caused Diane's issue. So leave it with me. I'm, I can't say I'm any further ahead, but if it was but poison indeed, oak... But if anybody else knows yeah, anything, yeah, exactly. give, I wouldn't give us a call. be at all concerned. Whatever yeah. happens from poison ivy or poison oak, these things do go away. They don't, they're not absorbed forever. Okay. Okay. Alrighty, uh, back to our phone lines then. Siva on uh, line from Toronto. Good morning, Siva. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Charlie, I'd like to extend my sympathy on behalf of your mom. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Your voice sounds good, so I think you're handling it well. Yeah, it's been a busy week, I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> I planted some tomato seeds, every veggie you can think of outside nice. last week when the weather was good. Mm. What I want to know is... <laughs> Do you think they'll survive when the weather gets warm or they might be dying off now? Are they outside? They're outside. I I thought I'm going to take my chance. Okay, so you're in Toronto. Well, kind of depends how protected you are, but it, we've had some very cold nights. Yeah. And I know that I stuck a um, very tough sort of cactuses outside my home a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, oh, this is great. They're out here in all this cold and they're surviving. But this past week, they got touched by frost. So I'd be surprised if little tender tomato seedlings would have survived. You're probably going to have to replant, my friend. Okay, then. All right. Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for the call. And uh, from Scarborough, there's Wanda on the line. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. And Good morning. And my Welcome back. Thank you. I have a, uh, it's about three years old, Wheel and Cullen Anniversary Rose. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Now, it has, I don't know how many stems I should cut off. It has about eight stems. Mm-hmm. And some are three quarters of an inch in diameter. Some mm-hmm. are about half. So usually, yeah, I mean... What you want, it's a, it's a tea rose as far as I recall, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, and when you look at those stems, do they, are they all looking green right now? Is there a certain amount of sheen or shininess to the, to the bark on those stems? 
Yes, I did cut some down, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how far down. Oh, don't be afraid. This the roses are so forgiving. I I take my roses down to oh two inches tall. Like I, oh, I really absolutely. And you know, I've got roses that are twenty five years old. I I've seen roses. I think I've told the story on the radio. Seen roses in England that. They know who planted it 150 years ago. And you look and the main stem is like inches across. We're talking like a six inch trunk on a rose, but they cut it down. And when you look at it in June or July, it looks like it was planted in March. It's just a little, you know, two foot by two foot Mm. rose blooming, but but the the trunk (laughs) is huge. So don't ever hesitate. Roses are very forgiving of being cut back. The main thing with, with a tea rose like you have is when you look down on it, it should look like an open hand. So you want to prune to the canes that are growing to the outside. Like fruit trees. Exactly. And, oh. and, and you can bring them right down very close to the main crown of the plant down, you know, two, three inches, four inches tall, yes. but prune to a bud that is, that is going to grow to the outside and right. start with canes that are already growing to the outside. Cause the more air and sun penetrates into the rose, the healthier it is and the more flowers you will end up with. But how many stems should I leave? Uh, three, four. Eight. Yeah, you, go, you can certainly go down to three or four, five at the most, I'd say. Uh, five stems? Yep, yep, at the most. All right. And yep. for those little ones that you get in a pot that people give you. Yeah, the mini roses? Yes. I pop them outside in the summer once we're nice and frost-free. Some will survive the winter, many will not. Well, I have two that... Uh, have survived the winter, but I here again, I don't know how many stems and how far down to cut those. Okay, so with the mini roses, it's a little different because they're not as tough as your, your regular tea roses. Right. Um, the only pruning I do on mini roses is I remove dead because you will have dead tips, yes. some dead material. So anything that's black or brown, remove. Uh, any crisscrossing that's going on, any kind of bundling of mass of little branches in the center of that little mini rose, remove. Again, trying to aim for an open kind of a canopy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, no no dramatic, no cutting it right back down the way. Like, leave whatever green height you've got there now. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay, Wanda? Thank you very Thank, much. You're welcome. Thank you, darling. All righty. Um, we have to take it's another... the Rose another, Show. Uh, yeah, the Rose <laughs> Show, wondering. exactly. Uh, we have to take a, our final break of the show, but we'll be coming back to, I promise, talk to Teresa and Mary here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, uh, how well-schooled are you now? (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could say I know it all, and I try very hard. Well, Marie called from Port Hope Mm. asking about a hydrangea that is oozing some gummy stuff. New to me, I've never seen such a thing. Um, Based on what I'm learning, there's a lot of leaf spot diseases, but this is not a leaf spot. This is Mm -hmm. something going on right inside the the branches of the hydrangea. And it sounds like it's a paniculata, conical flowers. Quick, uh, quicking, doing some very fast, what diseases are hydrangeas susceptible to? 
lots and lots of leaf spot diseases. The one thing that it could be that uh, Maria's found in her hydrangea is a virus. There are some viral diseases. They are impossible to ever, there, there's no antiviral mm. medicines, even for animals, much less plants. So prevention is what we do when it comes to viral diseases. That's that sterilizing the pruning shears before we use them. And, and one of the things we say in the business is that always, you don't need to sterilize between each cut because you're cutting all on the same plant, mm. but you do need to sterilize between each plant oh, just okay. in case right. there is something that you might carry to another plant. Transfer to another. So plant. hopefully Marie will be scrubbing yeah. and washing down her pruners before she goes anywhere else. I'm afraid to say, I think you will lose that hydrangea. It's going to succumb eventually yeah. to what it's got. If there's any way you could take a picture, Marie, and send it to me, I'd love to see a close-up of what's going on there. And you could email it to my my um, email here at the station. And Frank knows my address better than C. I do. Dot Dobbin at mzmedia.com. Yeah, so C. Dot Dobbin, Dobbin. Mm-hmm. at mzmedia.com. I'd love to see that. That's uh, fascinating. Okay. We better get back to the phone lines here. We've got some folks waiting like Teresa in Mississauga. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Um, I have lupins and marigold seeds. Uh, from last year. Am I uh, too late to plant them? Should I have planted them in the fall or can I plant them now? Where, Where did you keep them all winter? Uh, in my cool cellar. Okay, that works. Um, the marigolds don't need to be any kind of special treatment. You, what I would do is wait. I'd probably wait a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, and then sprinkle them outside, just barely cover them with a little bit of soil, make sure it's a sunny, well-drained location. Okay. The lupins, you could go out anytime. Anytime. Yeah. So as soon as it's warm enough, I can go up there now. And- it doesn't even need to be warm enough. You could go out today with the lupins if you want. And so do, and so. Pardon? No, yeah, you could. You could start them indoors if you want. The, oh, okay. Yeah, it's up to you. you. If you've got, but remember, when we start seeds indoors, we need proper seed mix. We need proper lights. We need all kinds of things to really be oh. successful. Outside, I've done this with lupins where I've been at like friends' places and they've got lupins that have gone to seed there in the mm-hmm. garden. And you just snip off all the seed heads, uh-huh. stick them in a paper bag, bring them home, and then Lay them out in your garden. Just lay them on the surface. Okay, and, great. And oh, those, yeah, the seeds land there and they grow. And then the question is, do they survive? Because lupins are pretty specific in what they where they want to grow. Right, right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're very okay, welcome. You're welcome. Your show. Thank you. Very much. Take care. Yeah, you bet. Thanks. Thank you for joining us here on a cloudy Saturday morning and cold. Not too to much. mention cold. Yeah. As wow. <laughs> There's that little bell, and that's uh, for Mary in Scarborough. Welcome. First time caller. Good morning, Mary. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. I miss you, Charlie. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you, love. Thank you. Um, by the way, I, I bought some dahlias about three weeks ago, the bulbs, and I have them in my refrigerator. Oh. But I am going away in a few days. Okay. I looked at the bulbs, and they're not doing much, okay. just little sprouts. Right. Should I leave them there <laughs> because I'm coming back um, like the end of the month? The end of May. Uh, okay, wait. You're going away for a whole month. Uh, roughly, yes. Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, they do want to grow, and uh, growing alone without you for a month would be impossible. They would need some watering along the way. So, I mean, if you left them in the fridge, that is a good idea because that slows them down. 
However, that will impact when they flower. You, you, if you're going to find that that's going to delay flowering. Mm-hmm. If, if you leave them in the fridge till you get back and then the day you get back, you get them either in the ground or into pots, uh, and out into the sun and they get them growing, mm-hmm. they'll be green plants and they will flower eventually, but it might be July before they flower, depending on what kind they are. If you wanted to pot them up now, and then leave them with a friend who can leave them on a sunny windowsill and water them every now and then, you'll get blooms earlier. So, just... Okay, love. I think that's a good idea. Okay. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's... I think I would pot them now. Yeah, I would too. Bring them out of the fridge, get some nice potting, nice fresh potting soil, pots with drainage, obviously. Pot them up. There should be some some instructions on the um, yeah. on the package, and then uh, lean yeah. on a friend to come over and do a little. Well, bit of or even eh? just take them to the friend's house and, yeah. and oh, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. make sure the friend does not kill them with but too much love. Who would do that for me? Yeah, well, that's great. Too I'm much water. You know, I'm 81 years old. Wow, good for you. <laughs> good well, dahlias are one of my favorites, so good for you. <laughs> Thank good. you, Mary. I love them too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let us know how that works out. Okay, Charlie. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very you much take for care, calling. Mary. Thank you. Uh, we've got time, I do believe, to squeeze one more call in, and it's from London, Ontario. There's Joe on the line. Hey, Joe, good morning. Hi, Frank. Um, I've got a problem with buttercups. Uh, uh, sorry, I should say Charlie, too. Yeah, yeah it's okay. <laughs> yeah, Charlie, too. Uh, buttercups. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can I do with them? I've done everything, dug them up, um, sc- spray them, everything, but still they come back. You really don't like your buttercups, huh? I love well, buttercups. there's too many of them. There's, they seem to be overtaking the grass. Yeah, they'll do that. It's, it's they like, um, every time. yeah, violets mm. will do that too. It's yeah. challenging. I yeah. know. Yeah, what the latest thing I've done right now is put a, a tarp over okay. uh, a whole work. section uh-huh. and um, trying to get rid of them that way. Uh, any Anything else that I could... Well, the tarp will work. You just got to make sure you leave that tarp there long enough. Did you put the tarp on in the fall or just No, recently? no, I just put it on about a week ago. Okay, so you're going to have to leave that tarp there and make sure the edges are sealed, yes. whether with two-by-fours or soil or whatever. No light under there. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the worms no. will get out, but the, the buttercups can't move. Okay. So the dark will starve them. And that's actually, like, really, it's either digging and digging deep because that's yeah. the issue. You got to get all those roots. Exactly. They are very, yeah. very... Snazzy the way they're able to do things underground. Uh, so yeah, it's a big dig, or as you've done it, suffocate yeah. or there's, solarize. We call that. There's no nothing else that you can suggest. Well, like uh, no sense of spraying. Uh, no. For some reason, uh, if I spray one area. They come up the next. Yeah. Well, and remember when we're going to use a spray to try and kill invasive plants, the uh, earlier in the season we do it, the better our chances because the young leaves are more susceptible, whether it's you using Roundup or you're using, you know, a, a vinegar spray. Uh, early in the season, you'll be most successful, but both those things will kill anything it sprays. So okay. it's a tricky one. Joe, I'm Thanks, sorry. Joe. We have to kind of leave it there. Yeah. And, uh, good where luck did with our that. hour go? It's gone. Uh, and, and you are working so hard. Well, I know. I'm just, and I feel like I've still so, got to go back and figure out a few more things for people. Oh, right, the hibiscus. Right. Okay. Well, that'll have to be answered next week. I think so. When you return, and I return for the Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio. Thank and you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sebastian. Thank you for all these great, challenging calls. Like, hello, wow. my the little gears <laughs> in my head are like <laughs> need to be cooled off. And so, and uh, you know, Elliot's sitting outside running a garage sale and all this cold. <laughs> so I guess I shouldn't complain. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.